Hello, Pocketeers, and welcome to episode 103. In this episode, we talk about Mario heading down to the Hollywood Bowl and checking out the Little Mermaid in concert event that recently happened. We also talk a little bit about the Wilhelm scream. What is it? We talk about Julie Andrews teaching puppets. We talk about Netflix getting some Disney movies. Plus, we're also super excited because we have an awesome giveaway for you guys. Courtesy of the great people down at the Aquarium of the Pacific, the El Capitan Theater, and the Disney Company, of course. We have four tickets to the Aquarium of the Pacific, and we have four VIP passes for the El Capitan Theater to watch Finding Dory. VIP tickets do include popcorn and a drink for you and three other people. So head over to podcasters.com slash Dory for more information on how you can enter or keep an eye out on our social networks, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on how you can enter this giveaway. We'll be selecting a winner on June 15th, 2016. So keep an eye out for those posts and good luck to everyone. Quick reminder that if you shop on Amazon, a great way to help us out is to start by heading to podcasters.com and clicking on the Amazon logo or banner. Uh, This will tell Amazon that you want to use our link to make your purchases, and that means that we get a small commission from that sale. You don't pay anything else additionally, but Amazon will take a little bit of what you paid them and give it to us as a thank you for going through our link. To everyone that already uses that link, we sincerely appreciate it. And if you are considering it, we would love it if you use the link prior to your purchases. If you're looking for us on any of the social networks, we are at Podcateers on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find our videos over at youtube.com slash Podcateers. This week, another vlogmented reality video will be up talking a little bit about the barbecue mess and the... Uh, ending of the Biggest Loser competition that did and didn't happen. So check that video out. Give it a thumbs up. Share it. Subscribe to the channel for new updates. And that is going to be it for this intro. As always, thank you all so very much for listening. This is episode 103 of Podcateers. This is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcateers. When I did the Vlogmas Reality, I also said that it ended on the 14th. So you lied to me. No, I didn't lie. No, that is a lie. I was confused. Mm. You know why? Because... That doesn't hold up on court, my friend. (laughs) No, so here's what happened. Uh, I kept hearing the 14th, the 14th, the 14th, because mm-hmm. I guess some people wanted to get together and celebrate, which was the Tuesday after the competition ends. Okay. So technically, the competition ends on the 7th. So from the time that we are recording this episode, we're like a few days away from this Biggest Loser thing ending. Dude. I know. You're I thought I had another week. No? A little bit, because I thought I had a whole other week to yeah. continue on this. And... uh I, I don't. Now I just have like four days. Can you cram exercise? I mean, can you like just... It doesn't work like that. doesn't work that way? No. Come on. No, it just start like running that. and don't stop. I think you should give it a shot. <laughs> me? I'm... Calling me fat, bro? No, I'm just saying test it to see if it's possible. Uh... Javier's only good at one type of running, and that's late. <laughs> 
look, it was only an hour and, late today. And I'll today. tell you, running late does not count as cardio. <laughs> so, look, I don't know what you're talking about. I was an hour late to record, mm-hmm. and I was uh, worn out, and I was sweating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total, total. Yeah, totally <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, dude, uh, it's only a few days away, and uh, how exciting, man! A little bit. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little excited. Uh, but when I found out that it ends three days before the barbecue that I was really excited about, I was like, <laughs> so I was, I was so happy. Like the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be our own uh, yeah. stock audio yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys talking about? You don't know what the Wilhelm scream is? Dude. The what? How do you not know what the Wilhelm scream is? The, it's an it's almost in every Disney movie. It's, it's iconic, dude. Is it? So the Wilhelm scream. So let let's do a little history lesson. So the Wilhelm scream was in a movie called The Charge at Feather River way back in 1953. And at before the time, color. Be, no, I think it was in color. It wasn't. Oh, it was in black and white. Yeah, it was in black and white. Yeah. And uh, there was a character in there named Private Wilhelm. So. They don't actually know who recorded the audio clip. They had a whole bunch of the actors come in after the movie had wrapped for some ADR, and they all did some sound effects and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And once they recorded all of them, I think the sound clip ended up being saved in the Warner Brothers sound bank as Man Eaten by Alligator. (laughs) That was like the name of the actual sound clip. What? (laughs) Yeah. And so what ended up happening was... Uh, there was a man who's really, really famous, actually, for all of his sound effects. His name is uh, Ben Burt. Mm-hmm. So he actually stated at one point, and he truly believes that he thought that uh, Sheb Woolley had recorded that audio file. Yeah. And Sheb Woolley is actually the guy that uh, recorded the song um, The Purple People Leader back in 1958. <laughs> okay. You know what song that is? You know what song yeah. that is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Javier knows it. Sing it, Javier. Oh, here, here we go. Uh, I don't know it. You seriously don't remember the lyrics? I don't remember the lyrics. No. Dude, like the chorus is all like it was a one night one horse flying purple people leader. One night one horse flying purple people leader. That's now, all it says. Now if you listen to the words, he's saying he's eating purple people. What? Who what? What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so but yeah, but Ben Bird is actually the guy that believes that Jeb Woolley was the guy that recorded it. And Ben Bird actually has a really cool track record of doing audio voiceover stuff sound editing for for film Mm -hmm. uh he actually has done sound editing for the star wars movies indiana jones uh it's all gonna tie into disney right now just watch (laughs) uh he was actually the one responsible for not only uh adding the wilhelm scream uh into all of the star wars movies but he also created the sound of the lightsabers. Oh, is that what that was supposed to be? <laughs> that was, dude, that was spot on, okay? Uh, he also created Darth Vader's breathing. Ah. He did the whistles and beeps for R2-D2. Mm-hmm. Really? Right? So, yeah, like he's responsible for all that stuff. That's cool. Did he do uh, Jurassic Park, the dinosaur by any chance? Yeah, totally. No, he didn't <laughs> do that. Uh, but the way that it wraps all the way back into Disney is that he, not that, you know, Star Wars doesn't wrap it back up to Disney, mm-hmm. but at the time it didn't. Uh, the way it wraps it up to Disney now is that he also, quote unquote, voiced Wally. So he did Wally's voice and some of the other robots in that movie. Huh. 
So, I mean, it all wraps together. Anyway, so uh, to wrap it up, the Wilhelm scream is basically uh, kind of – Hollywood doesn't like it. Okay, that's the problem that it's it's overused. It's, it's very overused. Huh. And once you know it's there, it just kind of messes with your head because then you can't unhear it and then like you think you hear it sometimes when you don't really hear it. But like I said, it's in all the Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Uh at one point Quentin like... Tarantino picked up on it and he started using it. Oh, really? And then Peter Jackson's all really? like, "Let's put it in Lord of the Rings." And it's what? in the Lord of the Rings movies. And Dude, it's so by I think I don't know what the count is exactly now. I know that by like 2011, the stat that I had read said that by 2011 it was in like 225 movies. What? Yeah. <laughs> so by now it's gotta be in maybe over 300. Yeah. Who knows? Sounds about right. So I when mean, Michael are... Bay puts out 16 movies <laughs> a month, right? Yeah, it sounds about right. So it's in the Ninja Turtle movies too, then, or what are it, you saying? I'm assuming it probably is. So in that original movie that Hazen was talking about, it's a scene where that guy Wilhelm is riding a horse and he gets shot or gets hit by a bow and arrow or something yeah i think he gets hit by an arrow an arrow and he falls over and dies as he's falling he goes like a hazing scream ah (laughs) (laughs) but then why is it titled man gets eaten by like what you say was yeah Uh, oh because i believe that sound of the ah was taken actually from a different uh movie a monster movie Mm -hmm. being eaten by uh uh, an alligator i believe Really? So the took he took that scream and dubbed and it onto the it the, the, the cowboy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so that's why because of the character in that particular movie is how it got the name Wilhelm Scream. But like I said, the original audio file was like man eaten by alligator or that's something weird. like that. Yeah. So there's a little Hollywood history. But yeah, dude, uh, Hollywood doesn't like it. Producers do not like the screen because it's so overused. Mm-hmm. And it's almost become a game for sound right. editors to see like where to they sneak can it sneak in. it in yeah, into the movies. I love it, to be honest with you. It's just fun to watch. Like I'm telling you, every Pixar movie has it so far. Mm. So I'm starting really? to wonder. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder, how are they going to fit this into Finding Dory? Right. You know? <laughs> so I can't wait for it. Hey, uh, speaking of Finding Dory, I have some... Really, really awesome news to tell you guys. And I want to share this with all the listeners because this is a phenomenal opportunity. Is this uh, about the meetup or? No. Actually, I talked a little bit about this in the intro to the last episode. Uh, but we have, like I said, an amazing opportunity where you can win four tickets to the Aquarium of the Pacific in Long Beach, California, which is very close to where we are. And four tickets to see Finding Dory at the El Capitan. Whoa. Wait, us? Yeah, no, us? You. you don't <laughs> us? qualify. He, you said you, four as in me. tickets, so that's Talking two for me, two for you, yes. the listener. That's really awesome. It's a really cool uh, package. So, so you're, saying they, you, you're saying they can win and, and take us? If they choose? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. No, that automatically disqualifies them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, That's cool, man. It's really awesome because the Aquarium of the Pacific is actually going to be having an interactive and this educational exhibit centered around Finding Dory and stuff like that. And I'll actually give you a a quick piece of trivia. All right. Uh, When Andrew Stanton was originally creating Nemo, uh, he had gone around, you know, to different aquariums, different places and stuff like that. And at one point he decided, 
you know, uh, I like this little clownfish thing, this little orange and white uh, fish. I think it's really cool, but now I need a complimentary fish. Like, I need a fish that can be this fish's buddy. And he walked into the Aquarium of the Pacific in Long Beach, and he saw the giant tank that they had with the blue tang. The blue tang is what Dory is. Mm -hmm. That's the type of fish that, that Dory is. And he said, wow, that's it right there. Like, he had seen the fish playing around and stuff, and he's like, that's it. And he's like, wow. And I didn't even realize that the complementary colors were, like, orange and blue. That is cool. And it just all kind of fit together. So there's a little piece of trivia and how the Aquarium of the Pacific also fits into Nemo. Very cool. Hey, what color is the octopus in this movie? Hank? He blends in, Javier. He can be any color he wants. Oh, that's That's true. True. (laughs) True. I I can just see Javier's beard if he blended into Javier's. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so yeah, so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be putting up a page on podcasters.com. There's going to be a splash on the front page with the details on how to be a part of the giveaway. Uh, there's going to be a few things. You want to follow the El Capitan Theater. You want to follow the Aquarium of the Pacific. We'll have those links in the blog post. Follow us. We'll have an image for you guys to repost and you guys will be entered to win a four pack to the aquarium, a four pack of tickets to Finding Dory at the El Capitan in Hollywood, of course. Uh, and the four pack at the El Capitan includes VIP preferred seats, plus popcorn, plus drinks for you and your three How guests. About wow. that? You know what? Can we throw in this episode for free? We totally can. Yeah! Fantastic. We totally can. <laughs> Dude. It's- it's actually really cool. They're going to be having um, – when I was a kid, I used to love creating uh, the soap mixture with giant pieces of yarn and doing, mm-hmm. like, huge bubbles. Mm-hmm. bubbles yeah. uh, they're actually going to have, like, a pre-film performance by the bubble guy. Get out of here. Yeah, he creates these, like, huge bubbles. Nice. We'll, we'll be able to post a few pictures on the blog post so you can check it out. Does uh, he make, like, animal shapes? Love to, no, but he makes a giant donut. He Shut makes up. Like, like a big bubble donut. That's impossible. No, he does it, dude. No, it's so it's cool. You're going to have to prove so it to cool. me because that's impossible. No, I'm telling you. I'll, I'll show you the picture. But okay. he does like like a bubble donut. And huh. he's going to be a pre-show to the, the film. So it's nice. really cool. Uh, dude, this entire price pack is over like $200. Man. Beautiful. Because uh, the tickets for the El Capitan, the VIP seating, it's like $112 value. Tickets at the aquarium start at twenty nine ninety five for adults. Right. So you get a four pack of those, put it together, it's over $200. So more details will be coming to podcasters.com. Make sure you guys are following us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter because more details will definitely be going up there. You guys are all welcome to enter, except you two. I'm not talking to you guys because you guys technically work for the podcast. You should probably say the names, Javier and Mario. Javier and Mario, you are disqualified from entering. Dang it. I'm changing my name. It doesn't matter. You'll still be here. Uh, but if you guys want more info, you can always call 1-800-DISNEY-6. That's 1-800-347-6396. Or go to elcapitantickets.com for more info. So Beautiful. Hey, speaking of shows, uh, we actually had some listener feedback on the Frozen show that just opened up at California Adventure. Very nice. I have one question. I'm wondering if someone can answer it. Sure. Do they turn down the air condition to make it extra cold in that theater? Yes. Do they? Yes. Oh, well, thanks, man. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I have a 50-50 shot here. Yes. <laughs> Was that answer everything you were expecting and more, Javier? Oh, my God, Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So you're you're satisfied it's a with that? Winter Wonderland in there. And they only sell snow cones. 
Just, <laughs> it's a yellow. Yeah. It's called Do You Want to Build a Snow Cone? <laughs> Dude, I that's love perfect it. marketing Dude. for like a kiosk. Do you want to build a snow cone? <laughs> Cherry bubble gum or lime? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to leave it at the door. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I found out that they let you bring food into the theater for the Frozen show. Really? Yeah, I was pretty surprised when I heard that. Can I bring uh, in Dole Whip? Of course you can if you want to cross the park with that. I know you'll be drinking it by the time it gets can. there. So oh, that's true. It, it won't be soft serve anymore. Mm. It'll definitely be melted. Oh. It'll be like a nice milkshake. Oh, that sounds Dole delicious. Milkshake. That sounds that so sounds good, right? Good. Right? Actually, yes. <laughs> right. Uh, so, listener Amy actually had a chance to check it out, and this is what she posted on the Instagram account. It's good. She said <laughs> 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 pretty much. She starts off with "It's good." <laughs> she says. Uh, just finished the episode. Congrats on the weight loss. That's for me, not for you, Javier. Uh, that must feel so good. <laughs> Again, for me, not for you. Uh, I was able to see the very first showing of Frozen Live at the Hyperion, so I thought I would give you a two-second review. As a Frozen fan, I thought One, it was amazing. Two. Oh, sorry. Boom. <laughs> there it is. As a Frozen fan, I thought it was it amazing. It was exactly. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, Amy. You're amazing. <laughs> but she continues with oh, go ahead. The talent of the cast is top-notch. My husband, who isn't as big a fan as I am, also liked it. It is worth going to see the incorporation of technology. There are some elements that took my breath away. If you want to see it, I wouldn't recommend the top section, which is the balcony. Okay. Uh, but I would recommend getting there at rope drop or very, very early. They let you eat snacks in there, which is so nice for such a long show. Thanks for all the laughs. I always look forward to listening to your show. Now, when she says this is a long show, what is she talking about? Two hours, three hours? It's it's great how it's a five and a half hour wait in line for like an hour. It better be a five and a half hour show. <laughs> is there intermission on your wait? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's true. It's called a bathroom break. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's just about an hour. Oh, okay. So, That's not bad. Yeah, but I mean, especially if you have kids. It can be a long time for kids to just be sitting there. So. That's a good point. But, you know, especially on hot days, it's good to know that, like you said, you can take your Dole Whip milkshake in there. <laughs> so that's going to be how I watch it. Oh, yeah? I'm almost done with the competition. <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! Woo! <laughs> that, that's not even how it went. Yeah. Like, ah! At this point, you're just making up your own now. <laughs> we'll have our own. I'm telling you, we'll have our own library. <laughs> you know what he kind of reminded me of? It was the... That, the governor, I forget his name. Was it like Howard Dean? He was like, and I'm going to California. And I'm going to Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> the guy, yeah, the guy yeah. dropped out the day after because uh-huh. they thought he was crazy. <laughs> Wasn't he, though? No. no. He was trying to rile up the crowd. He was excited. <laughs> uh, hey, you just recently went to a show at the Hollywood Bowl. Me? I think no. you mean the Hollywood Fish Bowl. Whichever. That's what it's called? <laughs> It was for this show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I did, actually. I uh, Last night, I went to go see the uh, Little Mermaid in concert. Dude. How was it? It was amazing. Why? Did they have gadgets? And gizmos? Oh, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was just... <laughs> I think we've seen this movie too many times. Maybe. <laughs> How old is it now? It was 89 that it came well, out. Where's my dingle hopper? <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm telling you, this show just like 
had it all. It was a 71-piece orchestra conducted by uh, Michael Kosterin. Um, It was played to film. So the movie was playing along. They were playing the score as it went. And then when it was time for musical performances uh, as part of the soundtrack, that's when celebrities came out and they would perform along with the band. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. It it was like one of the coolest things I have ever seen. And I got to tell you, before I even get into that part, okay, yes, it's cool to just kind of like be at home with your significant other watching a Disney movie, you know, if it's just like a two-person thing. But I got to tell you, nothing is as cool as watching a Disney movie with like thousands of people. (laughs) <laughs> I got to, you know, when you're with a cluster of Disney fans like doing that, it, I'm telling you, it, it gets insane. It does. It's just it's like the most overwhelming thing. People get excited about the same things. Was it oh, a mosh pit? Uh, it was the Hollywood Bowl, <laughs> so I'm going to say no. Yeah, dude, when Poor Unfortunate Souls came on, everybody started moshing. They, they were about to, man. Like, Rebel Wilson tore that up. She did an amazing job. Um... <laughs> But no, you uncultured. <laughs> um, there was no mosh pits. Okay, sorry. But, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like the strangest things because like every, everyone who was here grew up watching this movie like in the late 80s. You know, you're a kid when you're love watching these movie. scenes. Absolutely love it. It's just kind of weird. How, soundtracks. It's kind of yeah. weird. Like I feel how some of people's reactions to certain like scenes changed like when you, when you're a kid you kind of feel bad for like ariel that she's in love with this human and like it's like forbidden mm-hmm. you know so she's like really sad about it you feel for her as a kid you know what i'm saying but when stuff like that started happening in the movie we as adults now laughed at how she was reacting to things like i'll always go back to my memories as a kid and feel bad when ariel said she was in love with eric and triton wasn't letting her right but everyone else was laughing at that scene. I was like, what are you laughing at? I don't understand what they're laughing at. That she's an immature kid and she doesn't know any better. She's 16 years old. Oh. So she doesn't know what love is. And this is what people were laughing mm. at. The fact that she was trying to like be like, daddy, I love him. But it was just like, what do you know? You're a kid. And I was like, don't laugh at her. You didn't know either. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> but it's weird how like reactions to that changed. Well, I mean, as you evolve, you know, you feel differently about things. And then I can bet you that most of the people there had kids oh i'm sure you know so if you grew up watching that movie you may already have a 16 year old that's telling you but daddy i love him and you're laughing at them as you watch this scene maybe (laughs) because they could be saying ah you don't know what love is (laughs) see if it's It's just i i guess exactly i guess perception just kind of changes as time goes but i did find that kind of interesting you know what i'm saying but again like, certain exciting scenes happen, the crowd cheers with you, um, and it was just more than before, like, the stars came out and started singing, stuff like that. It's just throughout the movie, too. What celebrities? Oh, uh, so the cast that ended up uh, performing for this was, Sarah Bareilles was Ariel. So run run them down as it happened, actually. Okay, okay. So there was a bunch of people that were part of the Broadway performances that came out and did their parts, too. Oh, nice. Um, so one of the choirs that was part of that performance... Uh, they came out and they sang uh, the opening of the Daughters of Triton. Oh, cool. So that was actually really cool to like watch. And then when Ariel's part came out, Sarah Bareilles walked on stage. I, I feel terrible because I honestly did not think she was going to do a very good job. It was probably the most overwhelming performer that I had seen on stage that did day. Did you say overrated? 
overwhelming. Oh. <laughs> I like Sarah Bareilles. No, I love Sarah Bareilles. I just didn't think she was going to do a good job. And I didn't know this before either, but apparently sometimes in her own concerts, she'll perform Part of Your World. Nice. Really? Yeah, I never knew that. Huh. So uh, I, I don't know if that played a role in just kind of asking her to do this, which, by the way, none of these celebrities had to audition for this. Really? Yeah. So they just all they were They offered asked. them the part, and it was a yes or no, I'll take it. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So who who else was, was a part of it? So You mentioned Rebel Wilson was Ursula. Yes. And I got to tell you, that was like the most energetic performance I had seen like in the entire night. Because she comes out in this like long black gown and the most over-exaggerated pompadour <laughs> nice. I had ever seen in life. And the crowd's already going crazy as she walks out. Because this is what happens. Like you're watching the movie and then the screen goes black. And then the announcer... The voiceover, who you find out is actually uh, Darren Chris from Glee. Oh, interesting. Uh, later on, um, he introduces Rebel Wilson, and the crowd's already going wild because we already know who the cast is. Right. So you know the scene's coming up. You know who's coming out. So the crowd's all pumped and energetic, and she comes out like with her like attitude, you know. And then she starts singing the part, and she's acting the whole thing out too. Okay, she did the shimmy and everything. That's cool. It was, <laughs> it was interesting, but she was the one that put the most into the actual character, too. Like, everyone else was just singing their parts. Man, I'm, like, imagining it. I know, I know that some people were posting videos yeah. on YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah, watch that. But, like, from beginning, I feel like she was the one that was more kind of, like, into her character than everybody else. But, I mean, she's Rebel Wilson, so everyone looked at it as kind of, like, comedic value. But was she the only actual actress, though? Because everybody else, I mean, outside of, of Broadway... I mean, like film, film. And, and stuff like that. I mean, they they kind of mix because, as you know, uh, Titus Burgess, who's on the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, mm-hmm. actually was Sebastian in the Broadway version, uh, the Broadway musical. Oh, right. No kidding. Which is how he got like part of his break, and how, I mean, he was Sebastian for this one too. Oh, he was. He was. Okay. Oh, nice. So he was just doing exactly how he was doing on the musical. John Stamos was in it. What, what is he, he doing, doing there? <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing? John Stamos. Selling a yogurt? <laughs> John Stamos was actually Chef Louis in this. <laughs> what? Yes. That's funny. <laughs> but again, it's one of those things that's, where you're just That's ironic. Like, Isn't that like the smallest part? <laughs> I think so. I, I'm just saying he was probably the most like overpaid actor. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like either that or go back to his yacht. So exactly yeah. right. I might as well spend the night at the Hollywood Bowl singing for people. Nothing. How do you do though? <laughs> you know what? Surprisingly, it wasn't my most impressive performance of the night. I mean, Chef Louis has a small role, anyways. Right. You know, he's just. I'm. But but I do got to say, he ended up stealing the show because as he's wrapping up his song, right, he takes his phone and he gives it to the conductor, and the conductor's confused. He's like, "Why?" He pulls the conductor off of his stand. He gets on the stand, and you know that really intense part when he's chasing Sebastian around the kitchen? He starts conducting it. <laughs> so the, That's actually so, funny. So the conductor picks up the phone. He starts recording him. <laughs> so that was a pretty entertaining part. So he finished that part up, uh, shook uh, the conductor's hand, and then walked off stage. You said shook his hand? Yeah, after it was like all done for. But I, cool. I mean, I got ahead of myself as far as that's concerned. Yeah. I mean, the crowd was going nuts with Rebel Wilson. They were kind of laughing because she was taking the part a little too seriously. But she, I, I think she did a, a really good job. Um, uh, Titus Burgess did an amazing job as Sebastian. Like, I mean, his his voice is pretty high. And to just, like, be able to do, like, all of these uh, parts again that he was doing in the musical, it was just, like, a phenomenal piece. So it got to the point, where, like, I was watching the show and halfway into it, it, like it never even occurred to me because I knew who the celebrities were going to be in here. Mm. I was like, 
Prince Eric doesn't sing a song in this movie. Why would they need Darren Criss for this? Interesting. But don't they sing it in the musical, in the Broadway musical? Correct. So Darren Criss introduces himself. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, me, Darren Criss. <laughs> so then he walks out to the stage, and uh, he's dressed like Prince Eric. You know, his hair's a little shaggy, but he's like, and he's carrying an acoustic guitar. And he tells the crowd, I don't play flute, but I can play a guitar. <laughs> so he starts singing her voice from the musical. Ah, oh, nice. And I was like, oh my God, this makes sense. I got to tell you, like, you, I think it's it's very easy to tell the differences between like a Broadway singing voice and someone who records for like CDs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, just him singing this completely just changed the song from if you've ever heard the musical version in comparison to how he performed it. Like you said, there's probably videos out there on YouTube. So if you get a chance, I highly recommend seeing it because it was amazing. The guitar and his voice with this piece, just amazing. Did it just feel like it was like you're at a campfire and just kind of kicking it with him and he's just started singing? No, but it does sound like something you would hear on the radio more than you would hear at a musical. Oh, interesting. That's how I took it. I mean, the orchestra is still playing behind him, but just integrating the acoustic guitar that he was playing along with his style of singing, because you know how Darren Chris is. Yeah. Like his voice is just kind of like very, very made for like CD recording as opposed to someone like Leah Michelle who sings for the stage. But um, yeah, just it's two different songs. Like to me, it was just two totally different songs when you hear a Broadway version versus his version. Oh, if we find a video, we're going to have to post yeah. this. But uh, he walks off stage. We go into intermission. Um, we return from intermission. I can't remember her name because everyone was clapping when they introduced her. And I want to find her name just so I can like look her up. Adele Menzel? No. <laughs> it was actually a... Nadelle Dazi. <laughs> it, it was a, a violinist. We return from intermission, and she, alongside the orchestra, does like an eight-minute mashup of the soundtrack. Eight minutes? Yeah, it's like this violin-like solo. She's just doing it legato, staccato, in every way possible. She's dancing on stage as she's doing it, too. It Was was it Lindsey Sterling? No, I wouldn't know if it was Lindsey Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> I would lose my mind if I found out it was Lindsey Sterling. Well, you said she was playing and dancing. Right, like, exactly. That's totally Lindsey Sterling. <laughs> Wait, how close were you sitting? Maybe it was her. Uh, no, it was uh, like mid sections mm. from yeah. But yeah, she she ends up performing this like eight minute piece with the entire orchestra, and it's just kind of like a mashup from like everything that's happening throughout the movie. It was ridiculously impressive, especially because she's like dancing along to this thing. Mm-hmm. But then like the movie kicks off. I could not get over that violin performance. Did, I'm, she, did she get a standing ovation? She should have, but honestly, like, no one did standing ovations for, like, anything that night. What? Yeah. We, no mosh pits, no standing ovations? You know, I don't know what to tell you, Javier. What kind of show is What kind of concert is this? I know, right? It's just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see this next week. What do you mean next week? I can't buy tickets next week. You can, but the show was three nights. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I actually asked you, what was it, a couple of days ago? Yes. I was like, oh, dude, I want to see it. Can I buy it? You're like, no, no. it's just this weekend. Exactly. That was so disappointing. Which, by the way, it was actually only supposed to be a two night event. It was supposed to be a Friday and a Saturday night show. Okay. And what ended three? up happening is by popular demand, they ended up adding one more day. Mm. I don't even think it was Sunday. It was like Monday. So, Saturday, Sunday, and they added Monday. No, it was Friday, Saturday, and Monday. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. So the thing is, though, because some of these char- uh, people that were on the show were like committed to just that weekend, mm-hmm. and they had other things to do, they're not appearing on the Monday show. Oh, I see. Sarah Bareilles is one of them. Mm. 
So who's going to fill in? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it's Jody Benson. What? Yeah, she is actually going to sing the Ariel parts. What? And they actually got Ariel to sing Ariel? Exactly. And Whoa. Brad Kane is performing that night. <gasps> and and we can't get tickets? I'm sure it's sold out at this sure, point. Sure. Javier, make it happen. Get us okay. some tickets. All right, give me five minutes. All right. <laughs> Dude, that's going to be so good. That's going to be an amazing performance. Wow. Having them there is going to be like... I, I can't even describe it. I'm, don't get me wrong. The people that performed that night did an amazing job. Yeah. Wait, I'm, what day did you say? Uh, Friday night show. Friday? The oh, opening man. night. Beautiful. Dang. So it was just, uh, again, I'm telling you, like, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just kind of like the nostalgia or whatever it was. But Sarah Bellis, when she got on stage and she sang Ariel's parts, it was, like, really overwhelming. And then, of course, you guys. Did you rem- cry? I, I almost did. Really? Like, I almost did. She gave me chills Because during... you have no emotions, so... Right? Yeah. Like, he's I'm dead inside. He's not you, though. <laughs> Dude, he's not you. <laughs> That's true. Uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty close to being dead inside like you, but... <laughs> but... Something about that performance, it moved me, man. Really? So, the whole shipwreck scene happens, you know what? He's, like, on land, and she's singing her part, where it's like... I apologize to everyone. I know I'm going to get some kind... I don't like this lyric. What? Ariel's lyric says, I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know something's starting right now. What's wrong with it? It's beautiful. That if she doesn't know when, how does she know it's starting right now? That line just bugged oh. me. I think it's poorly written. <laughs> but Sarah Bareilles sings this part, and it gave me chills. Huh. Then the song made sense, right? No, it didn't make sense. Oh. The lyric's still off. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was it was like so chilling. Of course, it was outside and it was cold, but <laughs> it helped with it. And then like during intermission, Rebel Wilson actually goes to the far back of the Hollywood Bowl seating, and she's just kind of like waving at people, uh-huh. just to kind of give them something to like do during intermission, other than like stretch their legs. So that was pretty cool. I'm over here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look like a magician. Way. Look this way. Exactly. Not the stage. <laughs> Not the stage. Oh, I I had forgot to mention one too. Like I was saying, the the. The score and the performances all played along to film. Okay. When it came to a Broadway part of the show where they were kind of like adding, like um, She's in Love, Ariel's sisters sing a song called She's in Love mm-hmm. in the musical. They do that too, aside from her voice. And uh, Triton has a song too. I can't remember the name of it. But during those scenes, there was a bunch of early concept art projecting on the screens. Oh, for the additional parts that didn't make it. Yeah. So it was just like extra storyboards and just original concept art of what Triton looked like or Ariel did, rough drafts of stuff. It was so cool to watch these projections on the screen, too. They had screens like everywhere surrounding the pool. Oh, man. This thing sounds like it was amazing. I know. Thanks for the invite, by the way. I know. If you guys got the money to do it, by all means. No, I'm broke. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Norm Lewis, who was also a Broadway performer, okay, he was the one that did all the Triton parts. This guy's meant for the Broadway stage. Like, his interpretation of, like, Triton when he was, like, upset with Ariel or, like, sad with her, he just depicted that in all of his solos. It was, like, insane. Like, what did he do? Just, like, the way he kind of, like, presented himself when something was kind of angry. Like, he just, he owned it when he was singing it. None of these guys acted parts, okay? These were all just when it was their time to sing. And I had never heard this Triton uh, song before for the musical. So let me get this straight. So it's not like a play or anything. No. They just walk up to a mic and start singing. Correct. The movie was playing. You were watching the movie 
up until it was time for one of the characters to sing. Got it. Screens went black. You introduce who was singing it. They go on stage and sing alongside the orchestra. Cool. And then after that, they just continue the movie after Walk the song. Walk off stage. And then, exactly. Ah, got it. Exactly. So it's almost like how they did Nightmare Before Christmas, except with singing. I see it now. All right. The, the only part that was really kind of acted. Star Wars Live, I think. Too. Yes. Yeah. So the only one that actually like really owned her character, like I said, was Rebel Wilson, because the hardest part was that moment where she steals Ariel's voice. Hmm. Okay. Because it's all kind of meshed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Ariel's singing as she's pulling it away. She gets into the character and starts laughing maniacally. Did Sarah Bareilles come out and act like And she actually was sing it. Oh, that's yes. cool. <laughs> and then the bowl starts doing like this light show where it looks like this like the voice is getting carried over to oh, her. I'm oh, getting chills so, just like, thinking about it, man. I'm telling you, it was like overwhelming the way they did this. Um in in the performance She's in Love, Flounder sings along with the sisters. Uh, that part was actually taken by a Broadway performer named Joshua Colley. That kid stole the show, in my opinion. Like, How many people stole the show for you? John Stamos. Oh, uh, John Stamos Rebel did not Wilson. do Justin. I said she owned the stage. I didn't say she stole the show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how old is this kid, you think? Probably 12. Okay. All right. But his voice for a 12-year-old was just really powerful. And, of course, you really need that when you're doing, like, a Broadway performance. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just have to... On the stage? You have to present that to a crowd in, like, a single direction. Mm -hmm. So you kind of need... Especially at the Hollywood Bowl where there's, like, no roof. You kind of just need the acoustics to, like, project. And he has such a powerful voice for, like, a 12-year-old kid. So did you think, this kid should be on Broadway? I knew he was on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) Javier, aren't you listening at all? (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, this cast was just really well for it, considering that nobody really had to audition for it. I know some of them originally came from Broadway, but it's just, it, it all just fits so perfectly. It was, it just made for an amazing evening. Hmm. Man, I wish they had more performances. The fact that it only went on for two or three days, that's... Yeah, yeah I'm kind of curious why that was the case. Like, uh, they should have done this longer. I wonder At if least they were a couple just, weekends. Yeah, exactly. Let it run people, a little bit more. Yeah, by the time people find out about it, then it's like, oh, it already happened. Great. Watch it on YouTube. And tickets sold out so quickly. Like, they opened in, like, February, and I think they sold out in 10 minutes. How did you find out? Wow. Uh, I already knew. They had uh, announced it. Oh. Yeah, just through the internet. Oh, gotcha. There's so many of these shows that you just you want to go to, like the Tim Burton one that they did mm-hmm. for Nightmare. Right. Again, Star Wars Live. Today, actually... They're having something at the Orpheum. The Los Angeles Chamber Orchestra is actually performing a live score for some of the Silly Symphonies. Really? Yeah. Oh, what? They actually went back into the Disney archive and they're doing, uh, I think they're doing seven of them, uh, including the Skeleton Dance and the Ugly Duckling. No way. Some of the other Dude. ones, yeah. Uh, but, man, it was just one of those things that when I found out about it, it was way too late also. Right. right. So I couldn't even, like, right now that's happening, like, as we're recording no this way. episode. So. Uh, but, yeah, it's, those types of performances, just, ah, I just love watching them. And then you have, wait, were you there when Jody Benson came out to actually sing Part of Your World? What are you talking about? She's performing on Monday. No, 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 no. Yesterday, open. You were there opening day, right? Yeah, Friday opening day. At the end of the show, she comes out and she surprises the crowd and sings it. You're lying. No, did you leave? Did early? you leave? The credits rolled. I left. Oh, dude, dude you always wait till the, the end after. Oh, 
Hold on, you, hold on a second. Did you really leave? Are you, you kidding me? No, no, I'm dead Dude, serious. Dude, I'm dead serious. Jody Benson surprised the crowd last night and came out at the end. Were you not there? No. You're kidding. No, you're lying. There was a firework display. The credits played. I left. Did other people leave with you? Yes. It took us like two hours to get back to our cars. So is it possible wow. all these people missed it as well then? I don't know how many other people missed it, but I'm telling you, at the end, she came out, sang the song, and then thanked everybody. You know, thanked uh, Howard Ashman and the rest of the crew for doing what they did. You're not kidding right now, are you? No, I'm not. I was watching people post clips on Instagram. Are you when serious it was right now? Yes. Oh, my God. I can't believe you missed it. Are you sure that wasn't tonight? No, it was yesterday. Dude. I would ask, wow. I would ask for my money back. Dude. I can't believe I missed that. I'm sorry, man. You know what? Forget Hazen even mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, kind of hard to now. <laughs> I I, did, I said what? You know what? what? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Guy misses song. <laughs> wow. Oh man, dude! If there's anything you've learned from watching Avengers, is always stay till the very end of the credits. That's fair. But I saw this movie back in the '90s. I know there's nothing after the credits. Yes. But it's something that they've started doing to movies. Wow. You always stay until they kick you out the joint. I can't believe I missed that, dude. Oh man, I feel bad for you. And you know what's? And you know too. what sucks? You know what sucks? Is that that you missed it? I had gotten there. <laughs> yes. Let's just keep reminding yeah, him of that. So I got there right, like with pretty good time. But I was hungry, so I lined up to get something to eat. Right, the so line you missed was the first half hour. Really? No, no. I actually made it right on time to sit down, and the show started. Like, the orchestra was walking out. It all worked out perfectly. But it's because I sacrificed buying merchandise before the show. So I leave early to try to see if there's any good merchandise left over, right? Right. The only thing that caught my eye was this really beautiful vinyl for the Little Mermaid soundtrack, okay? It has the pictures on the front and back sides. It's just artwork of them, like Ariel, Sebastian Flounder, things like that, right? It's a $50 vinyl. I was like, forget this, I'm gone. Oh, you didn't get it? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I thought you would have gotten it. I was like, no way. I spent that much on like food. <laughs> I'm not going to spend another 50 on a bite. I don't even have a record player. A soda and a you, pretzel. You spent 50 on something that's going to disappear in five minutes. But left me. But you satisfied. didn't get something that could last almost forever. A hot summer day would make that go away. I was not going to take that chance. <laughs> record smell from your sun. I didn't say in the sun. I said a hot summer day. <laughs> So you had a terrible event. It was a great event. It was fantastic. I don't I know I missed something like magical, but the entire night was still amazing from like the beginning credits to the end credits. No, not end credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you, you miss guys, the part where Hazen said you missed the You end guys credits. are talking post credits. <laughs> no, that oh, part sucks. <laughs> At least you got a shirt, right? I just, no. I can't believe it, man. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I'm sorry that you missed the best part. <laughs> but hey, you made it to your car, hey. right? And to anyone who lives in the Southern California area, I hope you guys got tickets to this show one way or the other. Stay until after the credits. I, unlike me, but I, if you guys did go, I hope you had a great time too. So, 
Well, uh, you know what? Let's jump to another Disney performer who I actually, when I read this, I was, I found it a little interesting. Uh, Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. Julie Andrews, uh, obviously known for Mary Poppins. You know, Don't say obviously. I had no idea. No, it's obvious. Well, it's obvious. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you're just Javier. Oh, Mary Poppins. <laughs> uh, I know Mary Poppins. She's also in The Sound of Music. That's kind of what... Is that her? Yeah, that's her. Oh, I had no idea. Uh, she's actually getting her own Netflix show. Get out of here. Like a talk show? No, it's actually a really interesting concept. Uh, the show's going to be called Julie's Green Room, and it's actually made by the Jim Henson Company. Green wow. Room? Wow. Green Room. The yeah. color? Like the green room where they have, like, for performers before they go on to a talk mm-hmm. show or stuff okay. like that. Okay, all right. And the premise of the show revolves around, yes, they are using puppets, by the way. The show revolves around the fact puppets. that she's, like, a teacher or something like that, and she's going to be teaching these puppets and other people, obviously, um, what it's like to be a performer, like uh, things about performing arts, singing, dancing, you know. Acting, I'm confused. Stuff like that. She's so teaching I. puppets or puppeteers? <laughs> no, she's teaching the that puppets. A, that's a great it's, question. It's kind of like, it's a weird mixture. It's like, you know how sometimes on Sesame Street, the real actors will be like, okay, Big Bird. Yeah, they'll be talking to the Muppets. I'll show you how to. That's how they're doing it. And uh, it's very hmm. – it almost seems kind of like Lamb Chop's play-along, like meets Romper Room, meets Sesame Street. It's like this weird – Mr. Like, Rogers. Clash. I don't know about oh, Mr. Mr. Rogers. Rogers. Well, I guess he talked to Trolley. He did. Yeah, but Trolley just kind of beeped at him. No, yeah. not or Mr. Rogers dinged. necessarily. They didn't have other humans and the other world. Actually, no, how the neighborhood puppets. of make-believe was just puppets. I believe so. But no, had... actually, they did have some real people that right. came through every so often. Really? Yeah, yeah, they did. They had other humans in there. You remember? No, I remember the mailman, but he was in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Yeah, he was. That was Mr. McFeely. Yeah. But, I mean, the entire show is actually for preschoolers. Okay. You know, it's just kind of to get uh, preschoolers kind of in that mentality that, you know, if you want to sing, you want to dance, just uh, get them out of that, like, shy zone, basically. Okay. You know, make them more outgoing and... Uh, not have them with their face in a tablet or a phone most of the time. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? So let's put them in front of a TV and watch Netflix. No, let's put them in front of a tablet with the Netflix app downloaded. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny, right? Uh, but but they're supposed to have a whole bunch of, just like Sesame Street, they're mm-hmm. going to have a whole bunch of uh, guest appearances, hmm. like musical and actors and stuff like uh you mentioned Sarah Bareilles, who was Ariel. She's already scheduled to be a guest. Oh, wow. Julie's Green Room. Uh, Ellie Kemper, you know, from wow. The Office. Uh, Carol Burnett. Uh, Titus Burgess, also, who was Very in nice. Little Mermaid, is also going to be on Julie's Green Room. Uh, Edina Menzel is going to have really? an appearance on it, too. That's cool. So it, it's going to be pretty uh, packed with a lot of... of High-profile names. Oh, I hope John Stamos is in this one, too. I'm sure he's going to be. He's in everything. Yes, he is. He stole the show as well. He did. Yeah, everybody stole the show, right? (laughs) I did not say... (laughs) (laughs) There was no show, according to Mario, because everyone stole it. (laughs) (laughs) You're dumb. Um, that was lame. <laughs> I 
Oh my god. Oh jeez. Um I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh uh, so yeah, I mean they're putting the show together just kind of to compete with Sesame Street in itself, which is wow. weird because Isn't that an HBO the Henson com- it is. I yeah. mean, if you don't have HBO, you don't get to watch the new episodes of Sesame Street mm-hmm. until several months later when PBS ends up picking up the free version of the show. Mm-hmm. Do we know when that's coming up? The Netflix show? They haven't given an exact uh release date, but they just said like early twenty seventeen. Oh, okay. Uh, in the in the press release that they had done. But it'll be fun to watch, I think. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a chance. Yeah, me too. I'll put it on my queue. No, you won't. It'll be nice for Javier to learn <laughs> who Julie Andrews is. Right? <laughs> Sound of music? Is uh, Mary Poppins going to be one of the movies that's going to be on Netflix? I don't know if Mary Poppins is going to be on it. Uh, in case you guys haven't heard, Netflix announced that they have an exclusive deal with Disney to... And there was kind of a mix-up when this entire thing happened because a lot of the headlines that people were putting out were saying Netflix is going to stream all Disney movies. Yes, all Mm -hmm. of them. That's not the case. Yes, it is. No, it's not. (laughs) All of them. No. Uh, What actually ended up happening was the deal, which spans over, I believe, three years, uh, allows... I thought it was four. uh, It may be, but I read that it was a three-year deal. Hmm. Uh, it it might just be that it's an extension of the current deal that's happening because right now Netflix has the rights to stream a bunch of the Disney Channel mm-hmm. original TV shows. Mm-hmm. But this was going to allow them to also do the movies. And, right. again, there was a bunch of Because uh, right now they confusion. have Pocahontas and Stitch, I think. Yeah, uh, they, they ended up securing some of the older movies like Dumbo and stuff, but uh, they didn't get everything Mm -hmm. and that's where the confusion came in because the headlines like i said were incorrectly stating that it was going to be all of them so they exaggerated this that's not nice well it wasn't netflix that exaggerated it it was uh, other news outlets Mm. that read the original press release and all of a sudden just kind of jumped the gun and started saying this is what's happening when it really wasn't the case because as far as i know they're getting i guess apparently some disney films some lucas films uh, what else? Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, they haven't actually published the list of what's actually going to be on it. I think the deal states that in September mm-hmm. of 2016, that's when they're going to start streaming some of the movies. Uh, and this, I think it. I'm not sure if the Stars deal ends at that point, and that's why they're waiting until September. But Stars actually had the rights to show the Disney movies. Oh, I see. And so I don't know if it voids the Stars deal or if it's it's picking up on Netflix after that one ends. Uh, that wasn't a part of the stuff that I had read. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It is going to be just uh, general Disney movies. You know, some of the classic animated uh, features, uh, Pixar films, Marvel oh, films. Pixar. That's right. Uh, I don't think that. From the Star Wars movies, I don't think that The Force Awakens is going to be on there. Uh, But there was something interesting that I read, and this is the part that I want a little bit more info on, is that they said that movies, like newer movies, that have just recently come out in the theater were going to be available to stream on there as well. Get out of here. So like Zootopia and stuff were going to be available to stream. Uh, By then, I believe Zootopia will already be on Blu-ray, though. Mm. Okay. 
So I don't know how it's going to work out for like Moana's gonna be coming out right about that time too. Right. Finding Dory will be, you know, in theaters for several months. So I don't know if Finding Dory is gonna be a part of that. So it, it'll be interesting to see what ends up making it and what doesn't. Yeah. But seeing more Disney movies on there is going to be nice because they do have some. Uh, but for the most part, it's a lot of the sequels. Yeah, exactly. It's not the mm-hmm. originals. Mm-hmm. Like, if you really think mm-hmm. about it, like, they have Stitch, but it's, like, one of the sequel mm-hmm. Stitch movies. It's not, like, Lilo and Stitch. Uh, at least the last time I checked, it wasn't. Yeah. So... Uh, we'll end up looking for more information and we'll put it in the blog post for the, for the episode. So if you guys want to check it out, head over to podcasters.com slash episode one Oh three. And, uh, you guys can read a little bit more about the Netflix deal there. So, all right, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Oh, that's it. That's it, man. But food. No, not yet. Oh, not yet. Barbecue. Not yet. Few Shave, more days. Shaving? A few more days. Oh, I haven't shaved. <laughs> I'm, the, the beard's going to go away, guys. That's it. It's done. I had told mm. myself it was just for the competition. Yeah. Competition ends. It's coming out. Nah, Boop. leave it. Nah, I'm going to take it off. Nah, leave get it. rid I'm of it. With it. What's wrong with it? I'm done with What's it. What's right with it? It's everything. Here's <laughs> <laughs> all four beards now. It's yeah. true. Yeah. You need to shave yours too. <laughs> it's okay, Javier. If you want, I'll once I shave it, I'll uh-huh. put like all the hair in a bag, and you can take it all with you. <laughs> That's a great idea. I could be like, uh, we are gathered here today with this bag of Hazen's beard <laughs> <laughs> to say R.I.P. My friend, you will be missed. You were beautiful on Hazen's face, and now you're nothing but dead fur. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm just going to flush it. <laughs> you don't want to flush hair, dude. Uh, probably not. That's never a smart decision. <laughs> All right. On that note, it's time to end the episode. All right. Let's get so, out of here. All right, guys. Uh, if you guys want to know more about this episode, of course, head over to podcasters.com slash episode 103. Uh, once you're podcasters.com, check out some of the other show notes on all of the other episodes in the blog. Check out the gear section. Uh, we will have more information on the giveaway that we're going to have in conjunction with the Aquarium of the Pacific and the El Capitan Theater. Again, it is a prize pack worth over $200. You'll get four tickets to the Aquarium of the Pacific and four VIP seats for the El Capitan Theater to watch Finding Dory. And a free episode. And a free episode of Podcasters. <laughs> uh, again, more info will be on the website. Follow us on social media. We're at Podcasters on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. And uh, keep watching for those posts because we're going to give you guys more info on how you can enter the giveaway. Remember, if you guys want to check out some of our videos, head over to youtube.com slash Make sure to subscribe. Hit a few likes. By the time you guys actually listen to this episode, I hope to have another episode of Vlogmented Reality up where I talk a little bit about the process, you know, of how I got to where I did with the Biggest Loser competition and stuff like that. It's one of the biggest questions I've been getting recently. Like, how are you doing it? What are you doing? Like, what regimen are you following? How do you make your shirt look bigger? <laughs> That's just from you. It's like the secret is I bought a bigger shirt. Uh, uh, dude, your shirt's looking huge. 
They do actually. This is your shirt, Javier. (laughs) Uh, But thanks, man. Yeah, man, you're losing it. Great. Uh, Yeah, I I keep getting asked that question a lot, and uh, I just figured that I would, you know, reserve that till the very end of the competition. Uh, Win or lose, you know, I said it last time. Win or lose, I'm very proud of everything uh, that I've put my body through uh, because it's been tough. Like these last couple of weeks have just been intense. Mm. So I'll post a, a vlogmented reality uh, video about just kind of what I've been doing and kind of the process between week one and finishing the competition. So cool. finally, if you guys buy anything on Amazon, Amazon, yeah, nice. make sure that you head over to podcasters.com and click on the Amazon banner Amazon. first. <laughs> Uh, that will tell Amazon, Amazon. that <laughs> can't even finish. Uh, that will let them know that you want a portion of your sale to go to us. Uh, everything that you're purchasing is exactly the same price, but you give us a small percentage as a thank you to help out the podcast. You're welcome. Uh, it's kind of like a tip jar at a coffee shop or something. Yeah, so, you know, like when you drop a few pennies in there, mm-hmm. this is the same thing. Super easy to use, guys. Whenever you shop on Amazon, just think of Podcasters first. Go on our site, click on that link. Me and Javier just used it before this to buy our pop figure jokers for the Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. Mega easy. They yes. didn't get me one. Are you, are you into Suicide Squad? Just... Not really. I oh, really okay. Care. I know. Which one do you want? Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't really what do you want? One Harley Quinn? Not really. You want to be my Harley Quinn to my Joker? Nah, I don't really. I'm going <laughs> to shave. I don't have to. <laughs> I'd have to paint half my beard red. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny. I would love it. I would look at you so differently. <laughs> Wait, that's creepy. <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to be it for this episode. Until next week, here is to Beers, Cheers, and Mickey Ears. Have a fantastic week, everybody. That's all, folks. Take care. Dude, it's been five minutes. I did not get the tickets. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Thanks for trying, bro. Thanks for trying. I appreciate you trying. <laughs>